This is Brain Health and Healing with Eva Edelman and Simone Jeanette. What are we talking about today, Eva? We're going to talk about that third biotype, that low histamine biotype that we've been alluding to last several broadcasts. This is a biotype with greatest association with paranoid schizophrenia. It produces a classic paranoid schizophrenia and also high anxiety. When you have just low histamine, it's mostly anxiety and hyperactivity. But when copper is too high, which is usually an indication of poor metal metabolism, you become more prone to the more extreme symptoms of voices and hallucinations and what they call schizophrenia. Wow. So on top of the anxiety. And that's just with too much copper? And probably also poor metal metabolism. Metal metabolism is really important not only for getting certain heavy metals out of our body and excesses of copper, but also the enzyme that does this work called metallothionine, MT for short, like a mountain. It's really an important antioxidant. First, we're going to talk about the low histamine, histopanula. The low histamine is often a result of the high methylation. It's the marker for high methylation, overmethylation. We had originally Pfeiffer discovering the histamine extremes are associated with schizophrenia, and then Walsh started looking at the relationship to methylation. There are symptoms that come from the low histamine and the symptoms that come from the overmethylation. The low histamine is associated with a high threshold for pain. You don't feel pain easy. And a high threshold for apparent respiratory infection. So even if you have a cold, you're not sneezing or maybe you don't have a headache because the histamine is low. So, so. is that a good thing? Well... For mental health, it's not so good. You want histamine in the middle. Carl Pfeiffer, he found that in the schizophrenics he dealt with, when you had extremes of histamine, it was more closely associated with symptoms of either schizophrenia or schizoaffective with the high histamine. And when you use nutrients to bring it back to normal, the schizophrenia started to fade. And that's good. That's good. It's good when you get it to a kind of normal range. But overarching this is what's making the histamine higher or low probably has a lot to do with methylation. It's inverse, opposite. So when you have high methylation, you have low histamine because the methyl is processing the histamine, getting it where it needs to go and getting it out of the body. The treatments for this involve raising histamine, and even more important, reducing the overmethylation. Now, the overmethylation suppresses the transporters that remove dopamine and norepinephrine and serotonin, excitatory neurotransmitters from the synapse. Remember the synapse, that little space between neurons dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. Either hang out in the synapse a reasonable time and you're just 
basically content and creative and or they hang out too long and then you get high anxiety, irritability, mania, mania yeah. voices, psychosis and schizophrenia. Wow. So the high methylation suppresses those reuptake transports, reuptake, like taking back up to the sending neuron. It suppresses the creation of those transporters. And so you get all these overstimulating neurotransmitters hanging out and causing nerves to fire and giving you overstimulation and its various effects. Wow. So it's like a loony bin in your own head. Yeah, it's way too much stimulation. Sometimes the thoughts are coming too fast. Like they even have a name for it called... Racing thoughts. Racing thoughts, right. I'm very familiar with all of this, Eva. In fact, my brain is, I think, made of copper. No. (laughs) Yeah, so you get the racing thoughts and you get the paranoia. Yes. Because you have all these thoughts and you're overemphasizing them. And if you have fear, which is common in this type, then it may go into paranoia. Fear is pretty much really common these days, too. But it's also biochemically created. Like, we have high norepinephrine. Well, norepinephrine is actually another name for it. Noradrenaline. Closely related to adrenaline. Adrenaline, like... In a fight-or-flight situation, and we could be afraid or we might be courageous, but often if, say, we have oxidative stress, everything's getting distorted. And so instead of being courageous, we may be fearful. Yeah. And then with all this other chemistry, we could get paranoia or paranoid schizophrenia. They all kind of bleed into each other sometimes too, I think. Yes, but sometimes you have just paranoia without schizophrenia. Abram Hoffer defines schizophrenia as disperceptions with an inability to tell if they're real or not. Okay, so like when I see people change from like human to something other on the bus, and I really believe I see it, that's psychotic. Okay, I could be psychotic sometimes. (laughs) Right, but if you see them change like that and you go, oh, that's an interesting perception, I should paint it, that didn't really happen. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that create the high oxidative stress is poor metal metabolism. You have all these toxic metals hanging out in your body creating free radicals. So the other thing is that copper itself is a stimulant. Because copper is critical in creating norepinephrine from dopamine. Copper, in the high enough dose, is as stimulating as amphetamines. So it's stimulating and it creates free radicals. It's critical for our life. It's critical to our blood, to our joints, and for other uses. So copper is good, but too much is really bad especially for the person who has problems with overmethylation. They're already stimulated, and they don't need excess copper. So histopenia can have anxiety, paranoia, mania, and schizophrenia. It can even have depression, and they could have restless leg syndrome. The nerves are often overstimulated, so restless leg when you're moving a leg up Oh, I got that too. Dude, I feel like you're talking about me. I feel like an amoeba. Like, I have all these tentacles in my brain that are attached to everything. And my brain is constantly firing different 
things and thought I have like these messages that come through all the time and it's hard for me to like figure out what is what and then I do have paranoia sometimes and I have to like talk myself down and be like stop what are you doing I've got it under wraps pretty good but I have to spend a lot of time by myself because otherwise end up torturing myself I think that people do pick up things yes but when someone's schizophrenic Whatever people pick up gets magnified. Yes. Like someone frowning and the person thinks, oh, they're going to kill me tomorrow. This magnification is a big part of it. Even any thought they have can be magnified. My mom, and she had a manic episode and she was in Vallejo and she was homeless and like didn't have shoes and thought she was running for the mayor of Vallejo. I mean, she was so crazy and delusional. Grandiosity is a big one too, and that could drive other people away also. But histopanics will respond slowly to the niacin and folate and other nutrients we're talking about and respond increasingly over time. So the nutrients that are good, niacin is really good and not only supports metal metabolism, but supports the transport of dopamine out of the synapse. So it's calming you down. And niacin, how do you get that? Meat has the greatest concentration of niacin. Okay. Red meat. What if you're a vegetarian? It comes in (laughs) pill format? Yeah, it comes in pills. It's B3, niacin. In fact, next time we are going to do an entire episode solely dedicated to niacin. So stay tuned. To continue, vitamin C is really good. Some doctors have suggested it's antipsychotic, like an IV of C could be antipsychotic. Other nutrients, folate, which we talked about yeah. last week, and B12, folate and B12. Remember how folate is also going to help remove those uh, neurotransmitters, dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin from the synapse. Then there's zinc, important with vitamin C to help remove toxic metals. And important to the functioning of progesterone, a calming anti-anxiety and anti-insomnia hormone. And important for GABA and taurine, calming neurotransmitters, inhibitory neurotransmitters that oppose dopamine and norepinephrine. Being inhibitory doesn't just calm you down, but also these neurotransmitters might help support critical intelligence, like to make decisions like, oh, I see this, this, and this. I'm paying attention to everything. Well, it allows you to choose. You don't get overwhelmed. You don't get overwhelmed and you can make choices. An example. People with histopenia are often artistic, creative. And there's two steps to, say, art, to painting, let's say, or writing. One is you put the feelings and emotions and colors and sounds, whatever, down. Step number two, you edit. (laughs) (laughs) And that editing is GABA and taurine and acetylcholine. Also zinc and magnesium, I should add. Okay. Yeah. And so some people could be very creative and very intense 
but they have that editing chemistry also, and so they don't get psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have that editing editing chemistry, you're kind of just like all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a balance, and usually a person, by what they do in life and what they eat and how they react, will choose the balances. Hopefully. Okay? To some extent. Yeah. And if we know about nutrients, we have even more power to choose the balances. Yes. But people also have whatever genetics or epigenetics that puts them in a certain direction. And it's like, who's normal? Like, people have various balances. And the question is, are you happy with that kind of balance you have? And if not, if it makes you uncomfortable, of course, there's a lot of trouble for you or the people around you or the environment, you can actually change that. Yeah. And that's why nutrients is so magical. But yes. it's also our thought process, like we don't have to be resentful about things because it only messes up our chemistry. Yes. And the more we mull over something that someone else did, the more we hurt our own chemistry and they're walking free. Yes. Moving on. I wanted to go more into acetylcholine and norepinephrine because they are, in a sense, opposites. Norepinephrine adrenaline is key to the sympathetic nervous system, our fight-or-flight reactions. We're in danger. Do we run? Do we fight? That's norepinephrine. And while that's happening, our circulation goes to our muscles, gets away from our extremities and to our heart so we can fight. Yeah. Have you ever noticed when you're angry you don't think straight? Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When we're in danger, when our sympathetic nervous system is activated, the circulation in our brain moves away from the frontal cortex where we have our higher mental functions to the what they call the the reptilian brain. Yeah, the reptilian (laughs) brain. It's like the survival brain. It's like, I'm going to survive and they're not because they're attacking me. Yeah, yeah. That kind. When we're done with our fear and intensity of emotion, then there should be the parasympathetic nervous system, the acetylcholine nervous system that's calming us down, that starts again in our normal day-to-day processes. Those frontal lobes start working again. In fact, acetylcholine is often used for hyperactivity to get that memory and focus. So choline here in histopania, it's going to counter the norepinephrine. Anyway, let's continue with other nutrients for overmethylation. Antioxidants are real important because we have so much stimulation. Magnesium to calm us down and omega-3. Fish. Cold climate fish. Omega-3 is a major component of our neural receptors where all these neurotransmitters go from one neuron to the next across the synapse is to the receptor of the next neuron. And the receptors should be largely omega-3. And that's because omega-3 allows for a flexible response. Fluidity of response might be a key issue in bipolar. 
Omega-3 is also important for brain structure. So you usually don't want tryptophan because serotonin is excessive. But this type sometimes needs iron and often needs chromium and support for blood sugar. It's good to have plants, vegetables. It's high in folate also, which is going to calm things down. A couple more nutrients, B5, panathenic acid, very good for adrenal stress and helps remove copper. B6 or P5P helps form GABA inhibitory and glutathione antioxidant. Sometimes for children, B6 is more important in psychosis than B3. Huh. So once you've got the copper low enough, with enough vitamin C and niacin and zinc and antioxidants protecting you in the process, and certain other nutrients. Takes at least a few months. Well, then you might be given NAC. That's short for N-acetylcysteine. It's a form of cysteine, but it's a better form to use because cysteine can be excitotoxic. NAC creates glutathione, the body's key antioxidant, but it's also very important in metal metabolism, in that metallothionine MT molecule. So here we have this low histamine overmethylation that is causing overstimulation. We have nutrients like folate, niacin, C, B6, zinc, magnesium, GABA, taurine. That'll help calm a person down. And we have nutrients that will help with the metal metabolism to reduce the copper that's contributing to this state of affairs. Histopenia is quite responsive. It's very hopeful for such a immense scary illness like schizophrenia, especially when you get people relatively early. But you have to be persistent with nutrients and remember that they go slowly. Yes. So they're just building up the natural, yeah. but they work together and create greater and greater improvement over time. Yeah. So, yeah. Disclaimer. Nutrient treatment does not mean it's time to stop psych meds. For any of you in a hurry to do so, note this, that suddenly stopping almost inevitably leads to rebound. You get all the symptoms again, often worse than before. Ideally, your physician will continue your prescriptions until nutrients have created significant recovery and then very gradually taper. So work with your doctor, folks, and don't be in a hurry. I just want to say here, this is not treatment recommendations for the individual. It's not diagnosis. It's not medical advice. It's just education. Brain health and healing. Thanks for listening, y'all. As always, be sure to check program notes for references and further reading.